0: Two words, backyard brawl, enough said, let's have a podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. It is time to brawl, baby. Um... I think we've been waiting for this just as long as everyone else has been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this since September 1st of 2022, when JT Daniels and company walked off the field with a bunch of pit players waving goodbye. And here we are. We are two days away. It is the night of Thursday, September 14th. Two sleeps away until we are brawling in Morgantown. So let's just set the stage real quick. 106th edition of the Backyard Brawl. Um, both teams one and one. Mountaineers coming off a win against Duquesne, obviously. Uh, Pitt coming off of a loss, a home loss, that be it, to Cincinnati 27 21. Uh, both teams need a win, but as we know from past history, anything can happen in these games. So, uh, with that being said, Patrick, what's up, my man? And uh, it's, it's time to brawl.
1: Oh, I have. They announced these games are going to happen eight years ago in 2015 and I have been waiting since that day in 2015 for these games. I found out then that I would be a senior in college getting to experience a home backyard brawl. And I have been waiting since that day for this game. So I am excited.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been, I've been counting down the days since I calculated that I'd be a senior in college and have Penn state and Pitt. Obviously Penn state didn't go the way we wanted to, but All of that is erased if you go out there in two sleeps and you get a big win. But in order to get a big win, they're going to have to do a few things. And for me, that starts with running the ball. Um, Last year it was, who's the C.J. Donaldson kid? And now it's, holy cow, there's the C.J. Donaldson kid. Um, We know who he is. Pitt definitely knows who he is. Um, He made a grand entrance. Uh, a year ago and i'm excited to see what he's gonna do he played and ran really really well against penn state um and if you can run well against penn state you can probably run well against almost anybody this offensive line is also going to have to show their show their strength um they're they're they are going to be at home you got three west virginia dudes on that line playing in the backyard brawl go act like you go act like you want to take it from them and that they're holding your candy hostage or something because those boys they got to get after it up front um and the running game's got to follow suit if the mountaineers are going to want to have success in the game at least offensively because um Garrett showed off his arm which is great but that wasn't against an FCS opponent we've got to see him do it on this stage and it's a big one um so for me it all starts with the run game if you're West Virginia
1: yeah um I mean especially after the game Pitt had last week you you have Cincinnati at home and you give up 216 rushing yards on 42 total rushing attempts. I mean, you were allowing five yards a rush. Um, and if you're West Virginia and you see that, you need to hand the ball off. You need to design some QB runs for Garrett. You need to get CJ involved. You need to get Jaheim White involved, Jalen Anderson. You got to get those guys involved on the run game. And I think you need to establish that early if you want to have a successful, successful weekend.
0: And I think there's also nothing more valuable than having all those dudes that you just mentioned. Because if you can roll out fresh body, fresh body, fresh body, fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs, keep that going, wear them down. Because it's okay if it's 14-14 and pits up 17-14 in the second quarter here. But when it gets to winning football time late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, if you have fresher legs than they do and you've got that home crowd behind you, good things could seriously happen. Um. More on the offense. Looks like Hudson Clement will start uh, on Saturday. It also looks like Devin Carter will be back for the Mountaineers. Certainly good news uh, on the Devin Carter side. He's just a big physical body that just brings that size and athleticism that you really don't have anywhere else in that room. Speed-wise, EJ Horton, he's going to be a game-time decision, according to head coach Neil Brown. He's real quick, real, real quick. He can get down the field in a hurry. Um, if he plays, that's another element that this West Virginia receiver room has. Uh, then you obviously have the guys like Preston Fox. He'll be ready to go. Um, and, yeah, that's like you got the weapons on offense, I think. I think especially after you kind of see Hudson come along this past week, Devin coming back. Hopefully, Traylon Ray comes back. I don't know about him. Um, that's that's some serious weaponry. Rodney Gallagher it's a big game for him. He's a, he's a, he's a local kid. So, um a lot yeah. of ties there um, and a lot of a lot of hopefully good things to come from outside of the running back group on this offense.
1: Yeah. Um I mean if you can if you can just establish the offense early, if you can get Devin Carter involved, if you can let Hudson Clement ride off the game he had last weekend. Uh, I mean, this is a team that they didn't allow a lot of passing yards last weekend against Cincinnati, you know, 155 yards allowed on 27 attempts, 19 completions. So if you can get Devin Carter involved, you can get Hudson Clement involved and then establish that run game, control that time of possession. I mean, you have, a, you have a great recipe to come out of the backyard brawl with a win this weekend.
0: Let's also, let's also keep on on that same note. What Pitt does well is they get after the quarterback. I believe they were, best in the country in sacks last year um they like to pressure the quarterback and so there's two sides to that coin the first side is that west virginia has an experienced offensive line and the mountaineers have a mobile quarterback that's playing in your favor however the flip side of that is you don't want garrett to have to be rushed make a decision where he leaves the pocket too early and then he's stuck or or he throws a ball and there's a pick. So the one thing Garrett's done really well is he hasn't turned the ball over knock on wood through six quarters of play this year. Um, He's got to keep that going. Like obviously you're not always going to not turn the ball over. Turnovers are going to happen. Interceptions are going to happen. It's more of the how the interception happens and the situation that it happens in. If it does happen this week is what I'm looking for. Like does it happen when you're trying to force a throw in your own side of the field because you're not really playing well as a team, or does it happen because you go take a shot 40 yards down the field and a good play is made by a defender?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, looking at what they did last week, they got to Cincinnati's quarterback twice. Um, Obviously, haven't seen the game. I don't know if there were a lot of plays made by the Cincinnati quarterback to get out of the pocket, make a play. Uh, Pressure-wise, I don't know, but they got to him twice. But if Garrett can use his legs, make a play or just kind of stay calm, compose in the pocket, find the open guy. Um, hopefully we can just ride that out and see how that goes from there. Uh, interceptions. I mean, if it comes down to where it looks like an arm punt from Garrett, the, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him. Obviously kind of a, kind of a confidence takedown there, but you know, if it's just a good play by the defender, there's nothing you can do, but nod your head and hope the defense gets them off the field and come back out.
0: Yeah. As you mentioned the defense, let's talk about them a little bit. Um, Their strength so far has definitely been the defensive line. I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing. Uh, There's a lot of guys up front there that, Obviously, there's no real superstar there outside of Sean Martin. Mike Lockhart's playing his absolute butt off, and he's starting to enter that. All right, I could be a guy conversation, but you're rotating a lot of dudes on the defensive line, and they are all producing at a high level for the most part. Um, they're getting out for the quarterback. The only problem is the secondary isn't holding on to the back end of things. Secondary, secondary, secondary. Let's take a breath. Let's 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 get into the secondary. Um, there's going to be scheme changes. There's going to be personnel promotions and demotions. Uh, The thing that I stood out to me when Neil Brown talked tonight on his uh radio show was when, they, when they play this zone defense that they play, if one person messes up, it messes up the whole zone. And it seems like it's been one person on an assignment. That's been starting to mess up over and over again. I'm not going to name names. I'm, I've seen some things from some people. I'll be interested to see if what I've seen holds true with the promotion demotion aspect of things on Saturday. Um, Carrying along those lines, they did get two interceptions. Good. Beanie Bishop. Good good play. Um, They also had chances against Penn State for interceptions. And that's the key thing. You can't have two... Should be interceptions, not be interceptions this week. If you're going to beat Pitt, if you're going to win this rivalry game, you've got to take advantage of those opportunities because they're not just they're not like they're not just giving them out to you, right? So that's my yeah. biggest thing. Another thing, Pitt get up five sacks to Cincinnati this past week. Like, if your D line can start getting after these dudes, like Pitt wants to throw the ball, so there's that that methodology of. The more you throw it, the higher chance there's going to be a sack because you're in the pocket more this, that. You know, you get what I'm saying. But they have the second most sacks against right now at 6. They rank 10th out of 14th in the ACC in scoring right now. Um, They're 46% on third down this year. So, like, not good numbers. And if you look at Phil Jerkovich, their starting quarterback, he went 10 for 32, uh, 179 yards against Cincinnati. Like, That is a lot of inconsistent quarterback play, if you ask me. Now, have we seen Djurkovic be successful at other stops? Yes. Saturdays might be a little different just based off the environment, the atmosphere, the stage. So that's what I'm interested to see. Is he going to be more like that Cincinnati game where he's misfiring a bunch, or is he going to be more settled in and hit a lot of receivers? I think the – Law of averages says he's probably going to be a little more accurate, but that's one thing I'm going to be looking for, especially early to see how he's settled in.
1: Yeah. I mean, you touched on the secondary. This is a pit team that throws the ball and they like to throw the ball. I mean, in two games, Djurkovic has thrown the ball 55 times. He's only completed 27 of them. He's got a completion percentage of 49, 393 yards, four touchdowns on the year. But with this secondary, I mean, I expect another game where I think Jerkovich is gonna throw the ball, you know, 32, 33, 34 times. Um, Pitt does not like to run the ball. I mean, leading leading back has 17 carries. Um, but yeah, Jerkovich, he's gonna throw the ball and you gotta be ready for that. I think he'll be more accurate this week than he was on Saturday against Cincinnati. Ten of thirty-two, though, not great. And if you're throwing ten of thirty-two, you're gonna have those should be picks. And when you have those should be picks, you have they can't be should be picks. they have to be picks.
0: Exactly. I think I think you you fully you you, you 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 and I are on the same page here. And also, I think I said this on on Monday's podcast, but 19 passing attempts for 15 or more yards from the Panthers against Cincinnati. So if you have any leaks in your secondary, they're going to find it when they're throwing the ball that far down the field, 19 times. So you've Mm -hmm. got to be sound there. And if you're not, it could be a very long night. Um, Another thing for me on the defensive side of the ball, Lee Koba, he's playing his butt off. Um, But I just want to see, I want to see this D line try and dominate this game. If, if Pitt's given up five sacks to Cincinnati, you guys should be able to go get after the quarterback. That crowd's going to be loud. That place is going to be rocking. Um, and I'm excited to see how that goes with that dynamic of not only with the crowd aspect in that defense, but who tries to maybe do something that they shouldn't do. Who, who tries to make a play that they probably won't make and who's trying to gets out of that. Let's just stick to our keys, stick to what we're good at. and, I think the first team, the team who kind of gets out of that bubble of normalness per se, is going to be the team that kind of finds himself in trouble early.
1: Yeah, if like you said, you need we need to see the D line get at Jerkovich, and you know Sean Martin can cause some chaos up there, try and make Jerkovich make a play on the run, something like that. You're going to keep looking back at that ten of thirty two number, but then also you know i I want this to be the game where West Virginia sees that ball hawk Aubrey Burks really come out. Uh, I think this is, I think this should be the game where he kind of solidifies himself as that safety that was talked up all off season. Um, so hopefully we can see that from him this weekend.
0: I mean, I, I think there's going, if West Virginia is going to win this game, I think they make a really big play on defense. I don't know when it happens, mm-hmm. but I think you're not just going to win this game by not having your defense show up. They've got to show up in one way or another. Um, and I I do think that they can have success. I just think that they have to know that they need to not do stuff that's not in their character, right? Like, that's the biggest yeah, yeah. thing, I think, in these rivalry games. Wherever you look, whether whatever level, um, but especially on the college level, when you have these two teams that really don't like each other, In this case, for a rivalry that's not been played every year, like this is the second meeting in the last decade, right? Like decade and a half. Mm -hmm. So when it's not played every year, there's another added level of, oh, we have to go do something and prove it. And let's be real. Let's look back to last year. What was the big difference? It was a defensive play. But the Mountaineers also, they had a fumble that was gifted to them. They had the blocked punt. Like, they made plays on defense and special teams to put them in positions to score, and they ended up with 31 points, which I think if you score 31 this weekend, you're probably going to win. So it's just a matter of who steps up and makes those opportune plays this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's, like you said, I think it'll come down to just – a defensive play whoever can make that defensive play and whether it's early whether it's late whether it's mid game that defensive play will set the tone for the rest of the game and we saw that last year that pick six that set the tone for the next six seven minutes of that game whenever it was and you know West Virginia had the drive going but Pitt's defense had that just had that mentality after that pick six that it was hard to get past them and I think we're going to see that again this weekend. Um, uh, I think it's going to be an Aubrey Burks pick, hopefully. Or, you know, I think Sean Martin is just going to get by that O-line and cause a lot of chaos in that backfield for Djurkovic.
0: And if you're a West Virginia fan, let's hope chaos is caused. Keys to victory. Let's get into a couple here. I'll start with one for me. That is keeping the crowd in the game. You're going to have 65 strong, most likely. Um that place is going to be rocking as Neil Brown said, they're going to be well hydrated. Um, You've got to keep the crowd in the game. That's, that's your best friend on Saturday is that crowd first true night game in Morgantown at Milan Prescott stadium on a Saturday night since 2016 and stripe the stadium. I mean, what more could you ask for? Right. But you've got to keep the crowd in the game score early. Um, I really, I don't think it's the worst like I, I, it's just maybe a me thing. I hate when the t- West Virginia like has to have the ball for, I love if you're a team getting the ball start the second half, especially with these new clock rules, which are mm-hmm. a story for another day. But yeah, when you can kind of go back to back possibly. And with these new clock rules control the last few minutes of this first half and then possibly mm-hmm. get a back-to-back score. That's great. Um, And they had the chance to get it right off the field, send their offense uh, send their offense away this weekend, but it was the it was the punt uh miscue. Can't have any of those either. So for me, it's keeping the crowd in it early. Um, whether you get the ball first and go into score, at least get some points, or having a big chunk play, or on defense, not letting Pitt go down and score on drive number number one. I think that's the biggest first key for me. Uh give me something for you.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with establishing the run game and using that to just control the time, control the uh, possession. Um, We saw Cincinnati beat Pitt by six, 216 rushing yards, and they had the ball for almost 10 minutes more than Pitt did in that whole game. So if that's something you can establish early and you can hold on to for the whole game, you have a great recipe for success. Um, Yeah. Just establishing those running backs and then you can keep them fresh with You know, they've got four or five backs that they can put in there and just keep cycling them in and out.
0: One more thing for me is controlling Garrett Green's emotions early. Um, It Mm -hmm. is no secret how much he loves this place, how much he loves this program. And with that, and with this rivalry, and with everything that Saturday night will bring, will bring his – he's an energizer bunny already. Like, you can see that (laughs) he's golden retriever energy. Like, if you get that joke, awesome. If you don't, it's okay. Uh, Golden Retriever Energy, like Energizer, like he's got it all. We've got to just stay calm. And it was interesting to me how the offensive staff talked about it this week. Chad Scott talked about it. Um, Neil Brown talked about it. But they also talked about how good of a leader he is. There were drops last week. You, You saw it. I saw it. Everybody saw it. He was on the sideline just talking him up. You get the next one, and I think that's a great, great leadership from your quarterback. We saw last year with Jason mm-hmm. Daniels. Jason Daniels, phenomenal leader, really smart dude. It's great to see Garrett doing those things as well. But you've got to get him settled in early. You can't have this Garrett Green with all his energy waiting around all day to play football, and then he starts getting like, oof like tense in in the pocket. Like he's got to stay composed, stay calm. Let's do this thing. Let's do it our way on our terms. So for me, that's 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 the. Biggest thing on West Virginia's offense is it all runs through six, and six got to go get them six a few times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then just the offensive line, just protecting him, staying in check, run blocking, pass blocking. Keep that pocket clean for the kid. That's that's all you got to do.
0: And that offensive line, like Neil Brown said, it means something else when you're from West Virginia. Well, Wyatt Milam, Doug Nestor, Zach Frazier – you're playing on your home turf in the backyard brawl. I'm not sure if there's yeah. any anything else you would want to be doing here in fall. So let's get to picks. We'll do the West Virginia pick game last. um I don't have our records up. We obviously didn't do a pre-Duquesne pod because FCS and busy schedules. But let's go Tennessee, Florida. I'll go first, Tennessee.
1: Yeah, uh you got to take Tennessee and Joe Milton have to.
0: Uh, Georgia, South Carolina. I really liked South Carolina going into the year, and then they kind of stunk it up. Their offensive line had a ton of question marks, especially after that North Carolina game. Spencer Rattler looked great, but if he doesn't have time to throw the ball, and I just think Georgia's talent will win out in there at home. So I'm gonna take Georgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're giving up nine sacks to North Carolina, what what's Georgia gonna do to you? Yeah, you gotta go Georgia.
0: And then you go first on this one, so I'll just take the opposite of what you pick. Kansas State, <laughs> Missouri, in Columbia.
1: I'm going to have to go with Kansas State.
0: All right, cool. I'll pick Mizzou then. So we have some sort of differentiation. Um, and then West yeah. Virginia Pitt? Uh, I'll, I'll go with my prediction. Here it is. Uh, the stage is set, right? We all know what Saturday brings. Stripe the stadium, new uniforms. Holy cow, they look sweet. Um, but it's go time, right? It's I hate to say that it's kind of make or break for Neil Brown because I think he's a great dude. He's just got to win football games, and he knows mm-hmm. that. Everyone knows that. And I've said this from the beginning of the season. I don't envision a way where – like, I just don't see a way that Neil Brown lets this game go. His job is not on the line with this game, but there's a lot of writing on this game. Um, I think West Virginia is talented. I think where they are strong is where they need to play to. Obviously like that just makes total complete sense, but like you have to actually stick with it. I don't want Garrett throwing the ball 40 times when you have a stable of running backs and a strong offensive line, right? Like, so, for me, it comes down to I just don't see a scenario where West Virginia loses this game at 7.30 p.m. on ABC, stripe the stadium, at home. Like, I just don't see a scenario where West Virginia loses. Um, obviously, people could have said that countless number of times. Um, we don't need to say the score of the game, but everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I think the Mountaineers get done. Um, Marky win for Neil Brown in this rivalry. And I think they go to 2-1. and I'm going to say West Virginia wins 30. No. I'm going to say it's going to be 27. Actually, no. I'll go 30 to 24 Mountaineers get the win.
1: I've got – I've also got WVU. Like you said, I just – it's the perfect scene night game, Morgantown. First time the backyard brawl has hit Morgantown in 12 years since we had, it was Dana's first year, Stedman, Tavon, Gino. Um, I think WVU is going to ride off the energy of this crowd. It'll probably be one of the best crowds Morgantown has seen in a long time.
0: Let's do some research on the crowd. I'm going to wait till they, I'm going to probably do some research about crowds recently. I would take a Yes, this is the biggest crowd since 18 Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Yes, it'll.
0: A couple of those, like in the early in the Neil Brown era 19, like that Gold Rush game. But I would take a guess it might be the most packed Milan Pushkar has been since 2018.
1: I think it'll be up there with 18 Oklahoma and 11 LSU. But um, I have WVU. I have WV by two touchdowns, 38
0: 24. Man, we should we should tag your rational. Tag irrational. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll clip yeah. it, send it to him. Uh
1: gotta ride, gotta ride with the boy irrational.
0: Gotta ride with the boy irrational. But there you have it. So 7.30, ABC Saturday night. We're just as excited as you are for all of your backyard brawl content. Keep it locked at bluegoldsports.com. We will come to you on Sunday. We will no matter. Win or lose, we will figure something out. Um, we'll we'll get it done some way or another, and let's hope it is a happy podcast because if it's not, there could be a lot of wheels in motion. Until then, joined by Patrick now, I'm Wesley Shoemaker. If you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening, and this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.